you know what? Fuck other people. Do you even like other people? Like, why do you care? And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Past Leah, you were really right. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there who might not like what I do, but that's that's okay. I don't, I don't need everybody to like me. I really just want to help resonate with the people who need help and who benefit from what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Confident, the podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and my guest today is the CEO of Kicking Doors. She is a content creator on TikTok and Instagram, best known for her aggressive self-love Sunday videos. She is also a PhD candidate in a lab that focuses on infectious diseases, which definitely doesn't seem relevant to something happening in the world right now. I'm very excited to have her. Please welcome to the show, Leah Mel. Woo, thank you so much. Hi. That was, Hi. The, that was a great introduction. I love it. Thank you. I do I do try my best. I like I don't often do interviews in the morning with the um time differences. It normally works out best for me being in the evening. And um I realized like I woke up, I was like, oh, like I haven't spoken today. I need to like <laughs> warm up my voice before we start. So I was like in the mirror, like doing the intro, like, yeah. It's like, we're going to get excited and pumped today. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do it. I'm so excited to have you on. Like, like I said, when we opened up the chat, like I'm so used to seeing you on my Instagram. I was just like, oh my God, she's a real person. Yes, I do exist in like the 3D form. Some people are a little concerned. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, so very excited to have you on. Thanks so much for coming. Um, I wanted to ask, how would you describe what you do? on Instagram and TikTok? <laughs> That's a great question because yeah. I expected none of this to happen whatsoever. And quite honestly, had it not been for COVID, obviously awful, we don't want a pandemic to have happened, I would not have started on social media whatsoever. So yeah. that's the the shining light there. Um, so originally, like, I guess, to start off, like, why I started doing all this, it was honestly just on TikTok. And I had heard that all these young kids were going on that platform. And like, I was like, oh, what is this new thing? I've never heard of this before. I'll never download it. And it, and then I got, you know, a month into the pandemic and was like, well, I'm bored. I guess we're going to download it. <laughs> and then I was like, it's fine. I'm not cool enough to create any content whatsoever. I'm just going to watch and I'm going to enjoy and then I just kept on seeing more things about politics and self-love or like confidence building. And I was like, man, I think I could, maybe I could do this. And like one video hit it off and then all these people came flooding to my account. And I was like, okay, well, hi there. Maybe I do have a knack for this. What's up? <laughs> so then fast forward a few months and people are trying to follow like my personal Instagram account that I've had since I was like 18 or so. And it has like yeah. all my school information and like where yeah. I lived and I was like oh people could get really creepy and stalkery with this uh, let me create a separate public account people will follow it there a few people from TikTok came over and then I was like well maybe I can just repost some of the videos that I was doing on TikTok but on Instagram people liked it there I don't know if they'll like it here um, and then a whole influx of followers came in real randomly and I was like 
oh shoot, we just hit like 50K and then 60K the next week. And now we're up to almost 110. And yeah. my mind is blown from it. Um, <laughs> so how do I describe what I do? Um, basically, I'm just kind of out here living my life and people are starting <laughs> to take notice. <laughs> I didn't go into this with any plan and now I feel like oh I feel like a fun connection with my followers like they'll comment really fun things or like ask me like how to deal with whatever situation and like if I have the mental capacity to like answer them and stuff they're like oh I really appreciate your insight thank you so much and I'm like I treat y'all like I treat my best friends who give me a call on the phone and they're like Leah, this boy is being stupid and I don't I don't know why I feel so so dumb and worthless right now and I'm like, bitch, don't let the like trying to grow a mustache man who lives with his mother in his basement define your fucking life. Um, you are better than that, you queen. And they're like, you right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> people need to hear this shit. More yeah. people need to hear this shit. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, you know, like you say you you treat your followers in that way like you just like and like I feel like I probably shouldn't admit this this early in in the podcast um but this whole thing is just a ruse so that you and I can become best friends it's really just yeah yeah there's no podcast every all the rest of it's fake this was all a lie Um, it was all a lie (laughs) fantastic I love that aspect of it though like feeling connected to an audience and I really try my best to be as like realistic with people as I can like yes I'm snarky yes sometimes I get into politics but like I also try and make it a point to post videos sometimes when I'm not super happy and like not putting on the best face for the world and being like hey I am also a human being I struggle with things too and that's okay so I think that relatability has really spoken with a lot of people and they're like oh you're like a real person like you're not just some random super duper rich lady living in Miami going on boats and drinking like exotic drinks during the pandemic and I'm like nope I'm working my butt off in school dying a little inside but you know doing as best I can (laughs) yeah because this is something that I definitely wanted to talk to you about and what I mentioned when I reached out to you is even though you have like all of this positivity and, you know, people focus you, uh, follow you to get that positivity. From what I've seen, it doesn't venture into toxic positivity, which is something that can so easily happen, particularly on social media. Was that something you were really conscious of when, when you started getting a bigger following? Yeah, for sure. Because I've seen um, a few like other accounts and creators across various platforms kind of always be in that peppy mood. And I think that's great that like their entire page focuses on that because that means at any given time their followers can go to that page to get that like Mm -hmm. serotonin boost, you know. And I liked that idea. And then I saw I think it was um, Anna Sitar. I think that's how you say her name, but she's also a large like Instagram and like TikTok creator. And she does like a lot of like fun transition videos. You get her vibe very much through her videos. And she did a few where she was like crying or like taking off makeup being like, Hey, I try to be positive. I'm really struggling right now. And I don't want you guys to think that like, I never struggle. And after I saw that, I was like, maybe that's like a really good, like human relatable thing that, you know, some people look at you now that you're like gaining this following and they're like, wow, she can do it. How come I'm not always happy? And I'm like, oh, I am not always happy. I like stress cried the other day. It was a, it was a hot mess, but 
even though we feel this way, it doesn't mean that you haven't made progress in your positive thinking and like being sad for one day doesn't mean that you're just failing at life. It's just a very human experience. And I think that there's value with trying to like humanize our ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is like, you know, particularly on, on social media, and and particularly for younger people, that sort of view of what they get of those people who just look happy all the time and then they look at themselves and they're like, why aren't I like that? But it's just, it's not the case. And so, yeah, I think it's really important for people, particularly with such a big following as yours and who focus on positivity to, yeah, also show that, hey, it's okay to be sad sometimes. Sometimes you need to be sad. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's like healthy to release emotion. Like, it's Absolutely. not good to just be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's like, no, it's yeah. okay. If you need to like go scream into a pillow, go and do that. Like 10 out of 10 recommend, super therapeutic to do. Um, or even if you just need to like curl up in a ball with some ice cream and cry. I get that. Been there yeah. too. And like the important thing is to remember that like we feel shitty, but we move on and we get over it. Like you've made it through other times in your life when you've been shitty and you're strong and you can do it this time too. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so you sort of you you sort of talked already about like you know why you started making the TikToks and stuff, and because I think we're about a similar age. And to me, like TikTok seems like like a Gen Z <laughs> thing. Like I didn't like I'm so glad you moved on to Instagram because that's where I consume my TikToks is in the yes. reels. So um, I want to say you're very brave uh, <laughs> for going into um, Gen Z's territory. Um, yeah. So is like. Was that something that sort of maybe like you you struggled to start with them a little bit because like you sort of mentioned earlier, you didn't sort of a bit of that imposter syndrome of not feeling like, you know, people would want to see your content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you look at all these like super successful, like 16 year olds, like what Charlie D'Amelio is like 16 or 17 years old and is now like a household name and has her own brand of everything. And I was like, it's cool that she dances. I'm not ripping on her, but I was like, I can't dance for shit. There's no way anyone is going to watch me on this app. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely like kind of crazy to jump into. And like the first few things that I jumped into were definitely more like human rights activists. Like we were right in the throes of BLM over here. Yeah. And so yeah. I was doing a lot of commentary on that and like talking about Trump supporters and like just all this hypocrisy that we had going on with our politics. And also I've like tried to humble myself and try to be realistic because I know I am not the most educated person on politics and human rights. Like, and I think that's something important that all of us, like as people who are, you know, generally liberal, generally trying to make the world an accepting place is knowing that you're not going to know everything and being willing to like continue to grow. Like people are going to correct you on stuff and you might feel defensive, but it's okay because now you know that piece of information and you can move forward with it yeah um so yeah it was it was a little daunting especially because all the other like large tiktok creators who might be around my age and were doing politics were like very educated in politics and i was like i don't know if i can roll with these guys like i really like that person's (laughs) take on this and i was i was learning more as i was doing it um but it definitely is weird because now all the little gen zers are calling me mom (laughs) <laughs> and I am, I just turned 25 and I still feel like a, a baby. And it's weird that 13 year olds are like, hi, mom, you're my cool mom. And I'm like, can I be like your cool aunt or like your older sister or something? 
that'd be cooler but whatever <laughs> that's fantastic oh my mm-hmm. goodness I love that <laughs> it, it's um, weird yeah no totally totally fair <laughs> um now of course I want to ask about aggressive self-love Sundays this is what most people know you for um for people who don't know it can you tell us a bit about them and how it got started For sure. So the premise of it is that every single Sunday I bust aggressively through my bathroom door. I'm probably not getting my security deposit back on that, but it's okay. I sacrifice it for you. So I bust through the door and I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do for this week. And it started out as it actually started out on TikTok and it did kind of well. And then it fizzled out around like a month into it. But the first few things were actually going to be journal entries that I was going to have people write down like a list of things that you like about yourself or something you're proud that you've accomplished so that whenever you're feeling down, you can look at that list and be like, I have accomplished it. I recognize that I'm a badass and this is going to be great. And since then, it kind of just devolved into me either just giving like prompts or just thoughts for people to think about as you try and like go on your self-care journey, whether that's like, okay, why do I actually feel bad about myself for X, Y, Z reasons? Like, why why do I have that way of thinking? Oh, that way of thinking is kind of stupid. I am cool sort of vibes. Um, so yeah, and I actually originally got the idea for it. So way back Oh, God. Way back in my high school days, circa 2013 and 2014, (laughs) when Tumblr was still happening and hadn't been bought by Yahoo, I actually had a moderately popular Tumblr blog um, that I ran anonymously. It was called The Little Things About You. And it was mostly like sappy, like stereotypical, like girl pining after boy kind of crap. Half of it, I didn't actually believe all that much, but I knew would resonate with a bunch of other people my age. And that's why it like blew up. So for me, I had like uh, 15,000 followers or something on Tumblr. And for me, I was like, yes, pretty good for a 15 year old. (laughs) Um, But like, One time I got advice, actually, like people would send in advice and I would answer their love life questions, which was super fun because I'd never been in a relationship, but I was super (laughs) knowledgeable nonetheless. (laughs) Um, One time I did get a guy asking me, like, what do I do? I think I cheated on my wife. And I was like, you're going on to a young person's Tumblr blog to ask for help. Yeah, it was it was intense. And I was like, I think I think you should communicate better. I don't know, man. So anyway, but like on that blog at the very end, I was like, you know what? We like saying like, oh, the little things about you, little things about the person you like. Why not like the little things about you? So like I started making a handwritten list with my friends and showcasing it to my little following. Like these are all the things I love about myself. And I just thought of that randomly, the like obviously in the past year and was like, yo, I wonder if people would actually do this if I told them to posted it on TikTok saying, write something you're proud of, write something you love about yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And people started duetting the video actually with their lists and like commenting in the comments, like, you know what? I have a really great smile. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so that kind of became a thing. TikTok algorithm said no to me after a few weeks. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go on Instagram. They seem to like me over there. And then like, a few videos blew up to like a million views, which they did not get the same reception on my TikTok page at all. (laughs) And then all these people came in and they were like, oh, we like you. We like this vibe. I love aggressive self-love Sundays. And now I'm getting like on all my aggressive self-love Sunday posts, 
people saying like, I live for Sundays now. Like this is the best part of my Sunday. I look forward to it. I love when you kick in the door. I'm worried about your wall. Lots of people worried about that. Um, and one person actually asked if I could try and compile all the bloopers together of me like kicking the door and having it hit me in the face because it happens a lot. <laughs> but that's the background on self aggressive self-love Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I'm not gonna lie. One of my questions is how is the piece of wall behind your door? Um, okay. <laughs> It seems better days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. But it, it really does resonate with people. And I just, like, some of the ones that you do are just fantastic. I was going through them sort of before we, we were doing this, and I saw one that I hadn't seen before, which I actually loved the advice in, which was um, it was something along the lines of, like, you know, think of a person you despise, and when you have a negative thought about yourself, imagine it's them saying it so that you can tell them to fuck off. Yep. <laughs> That's genius. Right? <laughs> right? That is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, ob- like, you obviously have to be specific about how you say it because you don't just want, like, your bully telling you the things about yeah. yourself. That's not what we're talking about. We're like that person that you never want to listen to a thing. They say Chad, as you often call them. Yeah. Has, yeah. has a Chad wronged you in the past? Because you really <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> part like it would make sense if it was like ah my ex from college douchey frat boy chad never have dated a chad i don't actually know if i've met a chad but i feel like colloquially it's become like a ah fucking chad you know (laughs) like you know what he looks like he's a generic looking white guy has some boat shoes on like Yeah, a very clear image forms. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it really does, and and that one about like you know the the um yeah, I just I just absolutely love it, and I think it works so well. Um, there was another one that I saw you do, which I'm not going to turn this into just me repeating your aggressive <laughs> stuff. Sunday's back to you, by the way. Another okay. one that I saw was um you were talking about um you know often people worry about somebody like liking them. And, you know, instead turn around and make sort of worry about yourself liking that person. And Mm -hmm. I saw that one and it reminded me of the best piece of advice I've gotten for dating with anxiety, Um, which is like when you're going on a date, particularly a first date, um, that person is trying to impress you. You don't have to impress that person. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who told me that. Or, like, I might have even seen it on, like, social media somewhere. But, like, ever since I've heard that, anytime I go on a first date, like, it just Mm -hmm. eases me. I'm like, I can just be myself. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about impressing this person because they're trying to impress me. Exactly. I I thought it felt very similar to to that aggressive self-love Sunday of yours. And it just, yeah, it works. No, it really does. And, like, I, I don't, like suffer from it. I suffer from normal amounts of anxiety. I'm not diagnosed with anxiety. Um, But I did have anxiety like because and partly due to like I was struggling with depression for a little bit too. And so I like when I was going to therapy and like trying to figure out like, oh my God, why, why do I feel so gross all the time? I got some coping mechanisms and they were like, hey, have you tried doing this? Like try journaling and doing things like that. And through that, I was, some of the things that I've written come out in the Aggressive Self Love Sunday videos of me being like, you know what, fuck other people. Do you even like other people? Like, why do you care? And I'm like, oh shoot, (laughs) past Leah, you were really right. Like, 
there's a lot of people out there who might not like what I do, but that's that's okay. I don't I don't need everybody to like me. I really just want to help resonate with the people who need help and who benefit from what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and I wanted to say on the, the aggressive self-love Sundays as well, I often like before having a podcast interview, I really enjoy the process of titling the episodes. And so I'm like, oh, like, what could I call Leah's one? And yeah. for some reason, the thing that popped into my mind, which probably won't make a great title, but it was the <laughs> thing from um, Bring It On, which is the B, aggressive, B, E, aggressive. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So that was what came in my head. But I'm like, I probably shouldn't just call an episode be aggressive. Um, that's it doesn't not, tell a lot. <laughs> it doesn't really tell you what the episode's about. Um, uh, I, I did want to ask you as well, you sort of touched on a little bit there of the people that you're reaching out to. You do talk a lot in your videos about um, your following wanting quality over quantity. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I can. So I think that, before, honestly, okay, so I'll go all the way back because this is definitely more political, human rights, activist-y sort of vibes. So quite honestly, before Donald Trump was elected in 2016, I was like not informed about anything political. I was not informed about like my own ways of thinking being problematic. So I grew up in like an upper middle class white family. I'm adopted. And I had a very like white feminist sort of mindset where I was like, I care about issues that affect women and not really understanding like you need to be intersectional with it and understand that not every woman's experience is the same because of all these other factors. Right. Um, so then comes Trump running and Trump winning this election. And then I was like, oh my God, I have been so privileged in my life to have stayed quiet for so long and not have been in the loop about politics and human rights and social activism. I need to catch the fuck up. Like I, this is important shit you need to talk about. And so then I started learning more through like my peers and in my college and everything like that. And then going on to TikTok and interacting with some people who are very like pro-Trump um, individuals who are, who do happen to be very bigoted, very racist, sexist, all of the above. And um, through that, I started out with a very open mindset of like, okay, if the goal is to try and educate and enlighten these individuals, you need to not just blatantly attack them because no one is going to respond to that, you know? Like, you need to come in with a level head, state your argument, ask for their sources, give your sources, and I very quickly realized, one, the internet is not a good way to do this. Two, <laughs> two, no one goes into a comment section looking to get their mind changed. That's yeah. not the vibe. And this is not the platform for, for doing it. And it didn't matter how many good sources I gave that weren't left biased like CNN, even though it's highly factually reporting. Like, it didn't matter all the sources I had. They were just so stubborn and stuck in their ways that I was just wasting breath and energy. And um, I think right now I'm just kind of taking a break from it. Maybe one day I'll jump back in with more of an open mindset of like, hey, if you see me being more inclusive and this is actually what these terms mean, then you can learn from it and you won't think that all people who are liberal are like crazy nutcases. And I think that's valuable. But as of right now, I am like, my tolerance level is zero. <laughs> I have exerted all my energy trying to explain that being gay is not bad like it's it's hard to do and for me I'm like I don't want to engage in these conversations I sometimes think that giving a voice and like um 
giving like a platform for these people to speak those kind of very hateful conservative views that are yeah. damaging in real life to people um, kind of validates them as being like their own mm -hmm. opinion. Like, oh, we can argue about gay rights. It's like th this shouldn't yeah. be an argument, you know. Yeah. Um, so in an attempt for my own mental sanity, but also to really just control like who I'm making feel good about themselves. Um, I've tried to very like diligently and consistently put out videos on my Instagram accounts um, and my TikTok accounts being like, I don't want you if you're a Trump supporter. If you're conservative or Republican, I understand that you can and you're not a Trump supporter. You at least understand that Trump is a piece of shit yeah. and you understand that he doesn't actually hold your values. You're not making like excuses for his multiple allegations and all of this gross misogyny. So. I don't super respect you, but I respect you enough, you know, in that regard. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and especially some people have been really salty about that on TikTok. Or, and, and, no, actually, sorry. They've been really salty about that on Instagram and have been like, oh, I came here for your aggressive self-love Sundays, but I'm a Trump supporter. I've been labeled as a white supremacist. And I'm like, boo-hoo. I don't, again, <laughs> the same mindset of like, I don't yeah. fucking like you. I don't care what you think about me. Peace mm -hmm. out. My mom is gay. You're not going to sit here and argue with me that she should go and have like psychotherapy and torture done to her. Like it's not, it's not yeah. going to work, bud. No. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my main thing. And some people have also been like, oh, so do I, am I not worthy of love if I'm a Trump supporter? I'm like, not until you learn how to love and accept other people, bro. Like it sounds a little harsh and I understand that, but also y'all know I'm a blunt bitch. So I'm a, I'm a say <laughs> what I mean. And like, I'm not saying everyone should hate you. I'm saying I am controlling my own energy. I am controlling mm -hmm. the own safe space for my followers who are part of those communities who need safe yeah. space. And I'm not gonna, I, I don't care if I have 500,000 followers. I would rather have 50,000 followers as long as all of them were like baseline, as I like to say, baseline human, like good humans. Yeah. So that's kind of where yeah. I'm with like the quality over quantity. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there was one video you put out which you like um, listed all of the yeah. things that you like. If you disagree with any of these, get yourself off my page. And I was like, I'm going to screenshot this so I can read through. And I was like, yes, I agree, I agree, I agree. Awesome. I love this girl. Good. Um, but that, um, one, one of my previous guests that I've had on, um, Scott Stewart, he like sort of talked about a similar thing, um, in that you like, if you disagree with someone, like you, you can give people the, the opportunity to change, but at a certain point you have to cut toxic people out of your life. If yes. they're not good for you, if, you know, if you've tried to let them, you know, change and tried to have that conversation and you're just realizing it's not going to work then cut them out of your life. You know, it's not yeah. about you being closed minded. It's about making sure that the space that you're in is a space that you want to be in. And so, yeah, I, I really actually enjoy it when I see you put up those <laughs> videos because a lot of people would just be like, Oh no, even though I disagree with them, they're giving me okay. followers. And, um, yeah. but yeah, no. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I also wanted to ask you about, you You sort of mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, people sometimes ask you for advice, including mm -hmm. an older man about his marriage. Yep. Um, uh, did you expect to get that influx of people asking you for advice? How does that, like, how do you feel when you get those types of questions? Um, sometimes I feel really touched that people feel like I am knowledgeable enough, like, enough about 
things that they're going through that I could give solid advice. So that's kind of like an ego boost. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, (laughs) But other times, oh my goodness. So the first video, one of the first videos where I busted through the door and it was maybe my first viral video that happened on Instagram. Um, I was basically like telling people, hey, you're not a burden. If people ask you how you are, like actually respond because they might actually be checking in on you. And then a bunch of people started DMing me on Instagram asking if they could open up to me about their issues and things like that. And my account was much smaller at that time. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can handle this. But it very quickly became something that was very mentally time consuming and energy consuming for me. Mm -hmm. And some people were going into very like, like they were very depressed and were thinking about suicide or like a lot of very heavy things that then I felt like, oh my God, if I don't respond to this, then I'm not helping. But also I, I don't feel like I can respond to this right now. Rock hard place me. I don't know what yeah. to do. Um, so then I, I had to make the decision to turn off my DMs and they are still off mostly because I've also gotten a lot of really gross people like DMing me things after I post the videos being like, hey, get the fuck off my page if you're a homophobe. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you're just a stupid like slur. And I'm just like, nah, okay, yeah, I don't need this. I don't need to wake yeah. up and open my phone to a bunch of people calling me bad names. But um, I didn't really expect people asking for advice or like wanting as much advice as they do um, about life. And I'm happy to give it at certain times. Now it's really nice because um, people ask first, like, hey, I've, are you in a good mental space to help me with whatever question? Because like once you open a DM to someone, they can keep on DMing you. Um yeah. So, but because I set that precedent and like I I posted it on TikTok, I might have posted it on Instagram, I can't remember, but it was like, hey, please don't reach out to me just randomly telling me about your life. I would appreciate like just a, if you have the time or like if you are willing to do this, please answer. And I think that's just a good practice for like anything in your life. Besides the fact that I'm like a stranger to most people on the internet. Like I know that we are super, I'm a super relatable human and (laughs) we're friends and stuff like that. But truthfully, if you can open up to me a stranger, you should also be able able to open up to someone who's professionally trained in theory who can actually help you. Um, but it's a, it's a good thing. Like my partner and I practice this, my friends and I practice this of just being like, Hey, I'm having a crappy day. Can I talk to you about it? And yeah. asking that question first makes all the difference. Cause if the person says no, it's okay. Like it's not, you're, you know, it's not a burden for them. They just have their other stuff going on and you can reach out to other people to talk about it. So yeah, it's been, it's been a little nuts with the advice. Um, but yeah, the craziest one was still Tumblr when I was like 15. I, I still, I hope that dude figured out his life, but he wasn't sure if he had cheated on his wife or not. He was like, I went out to a bar and then I woke up blacked out next to a different girl. Oh, and Jesus. I was like, I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah. So like now I'm home, but I don't know what to do. And I was like, why? It says in the little description that I'm 15. I don't know why you think <laughs> that I can handle this. Never heard from him again, probably. But oh my goodness. Yeah, that's still the craziest one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that is pretty crazy. I think the I think the decision to turn off your DMs is probably smart, particularly since you are getting to almost a hundred and ten thousand followers. That's quite a few people. Um yeah. <laughs> so yeah, totally, totally understand that decision. Um and yeah, especially if you were getting not so nice messages as well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I have talked before a few times about like 
not even like I don't have a platform like yours so I don't get those types of messages but even just on like dating apps and stuff or my absolute favorite that I have gotten I am a huge nerd I love Scrabble I have the Scrabble app on my phone and you can talk to people on that like the people that you're playing a game against but I generally don't and I had a guy probably two or three times my age who like had messaged me to say hey and then I had just ignored it but continued to play the game and then like three weeks later he was like fuck you I'm here because I'm interested in you I'm not here to play games and I'm like it's terrible it's terrible <laughs> also you don't know what country I'm in you what see that on here what <laughs> People try to hit other people up on Scrabble? I did not. That's news to me. I'm now worried, like, is is asking someone over for Scrabble now an innuendo? Because I have a lot of friends I should apologize to. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so hilarious. I'm still shook that, like, people are using Instagram as a dating app. Like, just in general, like, knowing that, like, the youngins of... I, I'm still young, but like the the more youngins are like, oh my god, yeah, I just saw you on Instagram on my explore page and you were super hot. And I was like, y'all are bold. I wouldn't, I could never like, even when I was like dating, I've, I've been in like a relationship for a while, so like it's been a minute. But like even when I was like, ooh, Bumble, Tinder, I would never just go find some random hot person on Instagram and be like, hey, you want to go and grab coffee? Like what the fuck? I'd be scared if someone sent me that. And be like, yeah. hey, I thought you were cute. I'm like, oh, you're trying to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Generally, where my mind goes as well. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't trust that. No, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about um a, a story that you you've mentioned on your Instagram before, but I think it sounds adorable. Um, <laughs> which you you mentioned before. Um, your your mum is gay, and you said that you came out to your mum as straight. Yes. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) I did. So I actually recently just saw her because we both been vaccinated and like could see each other for the first time in a year. So that was super sweet. And she she apparently follows my TikTok and she watches it. And I had no idea. Like, I thought that she knew I had an account and I'd be like, Mom, I made this video. And like whenever she misses me, apparently she'll go and she'll watch my video so she can hear my voice and stuff. It's super wholesome. (laughs) But, um, like, while I was visiting this time, I got her set up on Instagram. I was like, Mom, you haven't even seen the half of it. Look at my Instagram. And so now she follows me on there, and I love it. Um, But a few of my posts where I was, like, just talking, like, my mom is a fat woman. She has always been. And, like, where I was talking about body positivity or, like, this is shit that my mom has had to go through and I've seen how detrimental it is and, like, speaking out about it. Like, she started crying. And I was just like... Oh, and she's like, you're going to make me cry. You're so sweet. You're doing so many amazing things. And I was like, mother. (laughs) So, yes, um, she recapped with me during that visit that I just had. She was like, you lied a little bit. You didn't mean to lie. You just misremembered. You weren't six or seven. You were probably 12. And I was like, okay, well, I know that it happened. I don't know. (laughs) I thought I was younger, but okay. So sorry for that, that giant lie I told everyone. But I did. I came out to my mom as as straight. I just thought it was something that like kids did because I grew up with her like telling me, oh, I had to come out to my to grandma, you know, and it was very hard. I didn't know if I would be accepted. And like it just didn't click for me that like only only like 
gay people or LGBTQ people do this because everyone is assumed straight. And so I didn't really grow up with any sense of heteronormativity. I was like, people love each other. This is cool. We like it. Mom, I like the boys, apparently. And she was like, (laughs) thank you for letting me know that. I think I've known that for a while, but it's very sweet of you. I still love you. And I was like, dope. Love it. And then only when I was older was I like, oh, wow, I came out to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) But like that should be the norm. It should be that, yeah. you know, it's not assumed. And, I mean, you don't know, no one necessarily has to come out, but it shouldn't be assumed. And so I, I saw that story and I was like, I love that so much. I, I am queer. And I, just, I, I saw that. I was like, that is that is fantastic. And, yes. Yeah. It's a very cute story. She loves telling a bunch of stories about me. And so sometimes I, like, pick up on that and I'm like oh I need to write that down because people would love to hear this and that was definitely <laughs> on the short list <laughs> that's hilarious I was I was driving the other day I my friend in the car who was also um my supervisor at work and my sister <laughs> happened to call and so it came through on the bluetooth and he was like tell me all of Chelsea's secrets and <laughs> she was like she just popped out one from my childhood which was like ah oh, she used to call all meat chicken and I was like yeah <laughs> I did didn't matter what it was, it was chicken. Didn't matter. It would, like, the conversation would literally go, like, oh, this is really good. What's this? Oh, it's beef. Mm, good chicken. Like, that was, <laughs> that was the level it was at. So <laughs> I love it. Everything tasted like chicken. <laughs> Everything was chicken. I also used to say dish wishy instead of delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty adorable. And that's something literally we still say in my family. And it's. It has to be said a very specific way. Okay. Uh, it's, mm, this was dish wishy. <laughs> I love it. I love small family things like that. Like, it's personal and fun and so unique to you guys because I swear no one else does that. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They, nope. That is definitely just a me thing. Um, but, yeah, we still say that in my family occasionally. But, yeah, it's, everything's dish wishy. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you as well about your PhD. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, um, can you can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, yeah, I can try. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm a PhD candidate currently. I work in infectious diseases, specifically with tuberculosis, and I am in an immunology based lab. So we do a lot of Well, I don't do a lot of, but people in my lab do a lot of vaccine work. They do a lot of mouse modeling, um, just kind of every everything in between a lot more immunology based. Um, I'm actually getting my Ph.D. in biochemistry, though. So I'm a little bit of the oddball out where they're talking about like T cells and B cells and macrophages. And I'm like, I haven't taken that class yet, but I will next (laughs) fall. So I only half understand what you're saying, but it's cool. Like I have my my college level immunology course, just like, okay, I'm I don't understand everything. We read articles every week and I'm like, I can present the first figure, which is the background figure on everything, and I will sit and I will listen for the rest of the presentation. <laughs> um so yeah, that's what I do in my in my day job, really. And since the pandemic started, um, my project is very clinical and translational based. So I'm actually mm-hmm. looking into like translating what we've seen in mice and seeing if it applies in human models as well. 
So it's a lot of trying to gather like human clinical samples and running all these tests on them, mainly looking at like different protein levels and stuff. Um, But it was, we were going to do it with our international cohorts. And clearly COVID has kind of messed that up for us. So we, I was going to, actually, I was promised when I joined the lab that I would be able to travel to South Africa and India and Mexico to collect all these samples and run things there. And that's not happening. Um, So that's, I was looking forward to traveling. It's cool. Um, (laughs) But even so, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can just get samples. Like, they can mail the samples. Very hard to collect samples nowadays for TB because of COVID and overwhelming amounts of inpatients and things like that. So I've just kind of been sitting around writing a grant for a while that is probably going to get reviewed and rejected because academia. And um, now I've finally gotten my first batch of samples in, which is exciting. So I can start running stuff for the first time in like a year, except that has made last week and like this upcoming week just like painfully awful. So like I'm in lab for a lot longer. I have to wake up like at four in the morning to go into lab and be there until 2 p.m. And it's been it's been gross. So I've been posting a little bit less lately because I've been sleep deprived, Um, (laughs) you know, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I try to communicate that as best as I can where I'm like, okay, again, I am not a full-time influencer, creator person. I do have my outside life that is its own stressors and stuff like that. Um, but my, my PI, my principal investigator, like basically my boss who runs the lab was like, so I, I heard that like you got offered to speak at um, a women in STEM group. And I, I had someone had found me through TikTok oh, and awesome. was like, hey, you want to speak to us about like your experiences and diversity and inclusion? And I was like, dope. Yeah, I can I can Skype in. And she's like, how did you how did they find you? And I was like, oh, so oh. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, what do you mean? And at the time I was like, oh, you know, across like both platforms, I have about 500,000 followers. They found me and that's how I got this invite. And she was like, what do you even post about? And I was like, don't look at my account. It's <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to see it. You can just understand it's there. And then she started asking me if we could use it to advertise lab things. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, we're not. Go- we're not going to do that. May I talk about science sometimes? Yeah. But like. Uh, no, this is not just going to be like your lab social media account. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird having those two parts of my life just kind of like mixed together a little. Yeah, yeah, that is really strange. I because I I do stand up comedy as well, and I'm doing a gig next week. And I was at work the other day, and one of my colleagues was like, "Oh, I'm coming to this thing that you're performing," and I was like, "Oh, cool. <laughs> we see you there. Awesome. You're gonna have a different opinion of me afterwards." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it because like obviously at work I am a very professional person and like contrary to popular belief like I don't swear all the time I do like in fun conversation with people but like people I first meet sometimes I'm like eh, I don't know if you're cool with this loud personality or not some people aren't so I'm a little more restricted um but I think it's also funny like people find out that I've worked with kids a lot so like I was a camp counselor for like eight years and like I was the favorite counselor of course you know (laughs) not to brag but all my kids loved me and they're like you were able to not swear around kids I'm like I I do have a filter like I (laughs) 
people are always like, oh, I didn't, I don't see you as being professional. I'm like, because I'm not, I'm not acting as a professional on my accounts. My accounts are for fun. I'm not even really like sitting here. It's not even like a side hustle, small business. It's very much like y'all seem to like what I post. So I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No. The, and I, I mentioned to the, at the start before we started recording that, that you can swear on this podcast. And <laughs> honestly, the reason that I have this as explicit is because I will just forget that I've sworn in the episode. <laughs> And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Oh, damn it. But I'm like, yeah, I, I try not to swear at work and I don't swear around children. But just in conversation, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I mean, yeah. there's certain ones that I don't like and I don't use those ones. Mm-hmm. But and that's fine. <laughs> fuck is a good word. It's a great universal word. It, there's so always good. an application. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yep. Um, we are sort of getting close to the end here. Um, yeah. But before I move on to my final questions, I wanted to ask, because I am also part of this community, do you do musical theater? Yes, I do. But not really. Okay. So I have always wanted to do musical theater, but was way too scared because contrary to popular belief, I'm a very insecure person. Um, But I was like, I don't know if I can actually sing. I've never auditioned before. What is this? So I never did anything in high school or college, even though I wanted to. And then come here to graduate school. They have a med school musical that graduate students can participate in. And I was like, okay and my my boyfriend like did set has like been in plays and like did it all through high school and like here was doing set design and was also acting in them and then when we started dating he was like oh come help with set design and then I got to know the musical theater people through like helping Mm -hmm. with that and then they're like we're putting on Chicago and I was like like next the next season and I was like yeah I think I could do a real, I think I could do Chicago. I'm an alto. Velma Kelly's an alto. I could, Mm -hmm. I could do this. And so a while I was bouncing back and forth and I was like, Philip, do I audition? Do I not audition? I'm kind of nervous. I'm going to hate myself if I don't audition. You need to make me audition. Spent all this time picking out like the right songs to do stuff. Like got all warmed up, went, got a callback for Velma, which was super cool. That's and then awesome. didn't end up getting it because I can't dance for shit, but, <laughs> but got called back for it. And I was like, oh shoot, validation. I might actually be good at this. Yeah. Uh, and then pandemic hit and we never got to perform. <laughs> oh. So I've technically still never made my debut. <laughs> But I would like to, and I am less scared to do it now. And it was just such a fun experience meeting with everybody and like, yeah, and yeah, no, definitely, definitely my type of people. So yes, kind of. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, when the pandemic is finally over, do you will will they redo Chicago? Will it? Do you think they'll do the same, or will they just do a uh, new uh, show? I think it'll probably be a new show just because it would be a pain to like some people um, have graduated since like being for some parts. So I think it would be a little meh, but we're trying to push for like a fun musical. The one that they worked on before um, was Shrek, which is also a fun (laughs) musical. Um, But they did Shrek and my boyfriend was Lord Farquaad. Yes! That was super fun. Poor dude's knees were torn up from three nights of performing. Um, But that was super fun. And I was like, oh, cool. Chicago was more my speed because I'm already a sarcastic bitch who could have played Velma very well. Um, (laughs) And I was ready for it. But I think now we're trying to push for, like, maybe Mamma Mia or something fun, like, more upbeat. But who knows if we'll be able to do it. (laughs) 
Who knows? We help. Who knows? Get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, I really like to ask a random question towards the yes. end of the podcast. So okay. it's got nothing to do with anything else, and it's a different question each episode. Um, okay. And I've been waiting to ask this one. Oh, okay. um, and I feel like I feel like you're a good person to ask this oh, question to. You've too. saved it for me. Okay. I have saved it for you. What is the best superpower? The best superpower? Yeah. Okay. We're talking like stand, like not like you know you can do everything. Like a standard okay. solid superpower. Like one that like already exists. Yeah. Like, like sort of invisibility, that. super speed, like that sort of type. Oh. Okay, okay. If we're going with like normal, normal standard ones, I think flying would be super convenient, personally. Just one seems like it would be a cool experience. I did the universal like Harry Potter broomstick ride thing that like simulated flying and that was a dope ass experience and I would love if that was real. Um, But also just like, I don't know, it depends on how fast you'd be able to fly. But like if you could fly faster than a plane, theoretically, like... You could go anywhere. You could visit so many different places, like yeah. super quick. So maybe I I guess that's kind of similar to teleportation, except I feel like flying you get the experience, you know, yeah. instead of just like zapping yourself places. See, here's the thing. My answer is teleportation. Ah, see. <laughs> yeah. See, because I'm like, if you want to fly, just like teleport in the air a bunch of times. <laughs> You could just like free fall for a bit and then go up high again and free fall for a bit. Because I like I'm very passionate about this answer. Um, because I really think that you can use teleportation for anything. Like if you want to like be a superhero, then you can like teleport in and out of a fire and like save people from a fire. If you want to commit crime, you can um teleport into a bank and steal the money and also they can't imprison you because you can just teleport out um you have very good arguments for this if you just want to live your life teleport to europe and get some pasta from italy like i actually no i'm gonna change that answer i think teleportation is it you've converted me yes a lot of sets plus you could just like there's no waiting you can just do it Yeah. yeah You don't need I like a car, it. So you save on petrol and car expenses. <laughs> it's good um, for the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you just, you could be. I've never actually thought of this one before, but like you could be a really good squatter in like really expensive houses. I've just. Oh, of that. you could just go in whenever. Just go in whenever. Yeah. Oh. Like you know, in like a celebrity's holiday house that they're never at. <laughs> Um, and you can still just like you can work anywhere in the world because you just teleport there yeah and like oh you ran out of one thing at the grocery store just like boop in boop out that's it yeah oh they're out of it at the grocery store i'll go to the factory exactly (laughs) exactly i like this i'm a okay that's my new answer if anyone else asks me this yeah cool okay i'm glad i converted you i feel very passionately about this as you um, said, this is a good answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I found, like, because I, I have Tinder and all of those things, but I'm not very good at them. Most of the time, if somebody messages me, I don't reply. Oh, and I no. have found my weak spot is if somebody asks me what is the best superpower, I'm like, I can't not answer. I have to make my yeah. argument. <laughs> well, at least you know you're kryptonite, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is the way to get me to talk to you is um, ask me about teleportation. Uh, <laughs> um. 
Right, before we finish up, my final question, which I feel like is very um, relevant to you as well. The show is called Loud and Seemingly Confident because that is how I once described myself. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself a confident person? Oh, technically. <laughs> I like I like the title of your show for myself too. I am a very yeah. loud, kind of outgoing person. In real life, I am super flaky and I hate it. Like people will schedule things with me and I will just realize that day, like, oh, this is not the day for this. I just want to sit at home in my PJs and not, I like you, but I want to hang out with you right now. So yeah. I hate, I hate that. But um, yeah, I think in general, I, I exude a lot of confidence when I feel very confident. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, just as we've said before, it's good to know that it's okay to not always be confident and stuff, but to have that like base that you've built for yourself, that foundation of like, you are still a badass bitch that you can be like, okay, it's okay. I don't feel confident now, but I, I'm, it doesn't mean I hate myself because I'm not confident. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I did see in one of your, um, it, on one of your posts, you sort of talked about how like, you're like the Hulk. Like, um, so the line from the Hulk is my secret is I'm always yeah. angry is yours. Like you're always anxious, but you're not. Yep. <laughs> I am always faking it till I make it, man. There is like, sometimes like after a while, like I'll become very comfortable, but like initially when I'm put in any social situation, I'm like, okay, you're just going to pretend that you are the most confident bitch you own this room. Mm-hmm. And then people are just drawn to that. And they're like, Oh, she's a confident bitch. And I'm like, cool. I've, I've, like tricked you this is good and I'm gonna just roll with it (laughs) how I feel no that's totally fair and I I, yeah like I said I feel like this this question and I had a feeling that you would relate to the loud and seemingly confident bit um because yeah like you've you've talked about in your interview on your um yeah videos and stuff about how like even though you exude all of this it's not necessarily how you are all the time and yeah fake it till you make it is a great (laughs) um whoever came up with that phrase well done it weirdly enough works like yeah and people are like fake it till you make it I'm like no 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 like you gotta channel channel your inner person whoever you look up to if you look up to Beyonce you think she's a queen channel Beyonce and be like would would Beyonce really be sitting in the corner by herself today you don't no 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 she would be out in the center of the room getting attention you're like okay that's what I got to do then (laughs) like and it helps it helps so much (laughs) Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an, an absolute pleasure. Love yeah. chatting to you. Yeah, you as well. Awesome. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, please subscribe, share, all of those things. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea J. Heaney, or you can follow the podcast at Loud and Seemingly Confident. Leah, where can people find out more about you? Um my Instagram or TikTok, everything, people actually don't know this. So you, my, um, my last name is Malay, M-E-L-L-E. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's cool. Everyone pronounces it differently. And like, it's actually a nickname. It's not like my last name, but okay. it was a nickname that my fourth grade teacher had come up with. And I was like, oh, I like it. Leah Malay. But like you can fel- follow me there. Uh, L-E-A-H-M-E-L-L-E, all the social media. That's where I am. <laughs> Awesome. Fantastic. Um, Again, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Bye.